Lights, action, performance. It's time to showcase yourself with us. It's the Entertainment Biz Podcast. Hi, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm lovely. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Uh, so, your full name, sorry? James Alderson. James Alderson. Comedian extraordinaire. <laughs> Just comedian. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, so, James, how did it all begin for you, the world of comedy? Uh, well, much like most comedians, really, when you get a sort of an itch to just get on a stage and try something, an uh, open mic night, down in Worthing it was, and uh, I searched for about three or four months for something, because that was back, like, 10, 12 years ago, and there was nothing going on, really, so I had to travel all the way to Worthing to find an open mic and got the bug. For about six months doing open mic, started getting offered some money to do some stuff, and about a year later went full time. So it's pretty seamless for me, but it's normally a very tricky path. But um, yeah, quite an easy decision for me, and uh, yeah, what a way to earn a living. What was that first night like when you took to the stage? Well, you just don't know, do you? You're, you're, you're practicing in your, your lounge and with notes of paper for days on end, hoping stuff's funny. And if the wife sort of titters to herself, you know you're onto a winner because usually she doesn't like anything I say. Um, so it, I tried it in front of, you know, 40 people and when they all laughed, what a buzz. And I've never had that sort of you know, reaction before, except from school maybe. So she didn't find it funny, the wife? Yeah, she did. She did. And she's proud of me, obviously, at the time. But when you're trying, when you go into the kitchen and go, what about this, love? You go, yeah, no, that's, that's just rubbish. And you go, well, it isn't, is it? It is definitely, you ask your three-year-old and they don't laugh, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you don't really know anything. Like tonight, there's a few bits to do with COVID or whatever it might be that I talk about. I've not really done it in front of anybody before. You just don't know. Mm. You've got an inkling that it's got something. And we'll see tonight, won't we? Okay, fair <laughs> enough then. Uh, so you don't know where the routine's going. To, uh, how would you describe your comedy then? To no, I mean, you, you definitely have to know where it's going. Uh, with this sort of crowd, obviously, there's going to be an ebb and flow because there's going to be some banter, I'm sure, and I'm used to that. Um, but, you know, it's my style is observational. I, I do My tour is called Bring Back the 80s. So there's a lot of references that oh. middle-aged people will love, talk about the old days compared to kids these days. Uh, I talk about my family, obviously, and experiences of a, as a middle-aged, overweight, balding, <laughs> let down. <laughs> uh, so, you obviously, you, you tried your, all your comedy on uh, your wife, first mm. of all, and mm. then you progressed and progressed. Yeah, yeah. How long ago was this when you started? I started, then? oh, it'll be 11 years ago this autumn. Um, bit of a late bloomer. Most kids start when they're like 17, 18, 19, 20, when they can afford to just do this and still be living at home and have no bills and I started it when I had a mortgage so there was a bit of pressure on to get this thing going it must have been quite daunting taking to the stage first of all when you're thinking I've never done this before yeah but you obviously had that confidence in you to be able to get on the stage first of all anyway yeah I mean at, at college and school and stuff I'd done a lot of drama and I'd done right. a lot of performing and stuff so I wouldn't say I was an actor or anything like that or amateur dramatics nothing like that but I, I had that confidence to, to be in front of people um, and obviously when you start right at the very beginning it's very small crowds anyway so you've got like 20, 30 people at a time you're following people who are also very nervous Every, all the comedians are amateurs so they're all very nervous so you don't think oh my god I'm so out of my depth it's only when you actually turn professional where you're on a bill with someone who's super famous and you're in a big theatre and you've been doing it for eight years and you think, I'm not good enough for this. That's the when the doubt sometimes drips in. It's early days, you don't have much doubts because, you know, everybody's the same. What do you love about being on the stage then? 
it's a connection with people, you know, where, where I'll say stuff, particularly with a crowd like this, where they're all, you know, 40s, 50s, where they connect and reminded about the joke, the topic you're talking about and the jokes you make about it. And they think, oh my God, I remember that. That's so funny. And Barry does that, you know, and all that stuff. That's the magic where you see their eyes light up and then elbow each other and go, that's you. So well, <laughs> you said something about the 80s tonight. Yeah. So can you tell us about something that, that you would do this evening, 80s wise? Well, I talk about the sort of the old gadgets and the old things that we used to do as kids, you know. So um, it, uh, tonight I'll be reminding people about that little rectangular little box you used to keep next to the phone with all the addresses in where you slid that little cursor down A to Z, you know, and then press the button yes. at the bottom and it sprung open and you, uh, I'll be joking about that sort of thing. That was our iPhone, do you know what I mean? That had everything in it. Um, it was shit, when it went. I'm allowed to swear, sorry. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> it was rubbish, well, it never worked properly, but that was magic to us as a kid. Um, Always used to get stuck on tea for me, I don't yeah. know about you. And obviously when you were bored, you know, as a kid, you'd pick the wood chip off your mum's wallpaper and drive her crazy or lick a battery and drive yourself crazy. It was those sorts of exciting things. That was, you know, living the life, wasn't it? Just great, wonderful times. And you talk to your kids now who get frustrated because they've run out of gig on their iPhone uh, on uh, watching TikTok or something, and you just think, That's, you'd have got no idea how we used to entertain ourselves, you know, setting fire to bus stops and things. It's the old days, wasn't it? The good old days. <laughs> and <laughs> trying, to, trying to... It's nice. It's something that I found for about four or five years ago, that 80s element, because... Funnily enough, comedy clubs are frequented mostly by parents and people in their 30s, 40s and 50s. they got the disposable income, you know, kids are growing up. So talking about that sort of stuff is lovely to see people reminded of those simple times. Um, and uh, so I, I don't go on and on about it in the, in the 20 minutes of the time. I won't be all about that. But certainly uh, I'll be touching on it enough to hopefully remind them of the things they've forgotten. So who do you admire uh, comedy-wise? It's got to be someone like Lee Mack really um, he's on Would I Lie to You yeah, yeah. and he's uh, I've seen him a few times and I emcee a lot I host a lot a bit like Andy's doing tonight I'm, you're reliant on how fast you can react to something someone says how quick you can get a laugh a rise out of it a giggle on your feet and Lee Mack is just a genius there's nobody like him you watch him all die to you and something's said and he gets a joke straight away it's just magic so quick at getting the banter and the, and, the, and the laugh out of something that's been said such a talent there's nobody like him as far as I'm aware um, really so yeah he's, he's without doubt the, the ultimate comedian really um, because of his he's a very funny joke writer but his speed of coming back at people unprecedented really so yeah I love him so you're on the bill tonight with uh, Bobby Davro yeah. have you worked with Bobby before? He said we hadn't, but we have. Um, it's nice to be remembered, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, it was a fleeting moment. We did an outdoor gig, I think, in Hazel. We were about four or five years ago, and as I came off stage, he was literally just crossing to be able to go on. Um, but obviously, I remember. Well, again, from the 80s, you know, 80s and 90s, as a kid, I watched him all the time. He's a legend, so it's nice. It's nice. It's, it's a, you wouldn't expect to be seeing him. Does it get you nervous when you get someone on the bill like that with, alongside you? Um, not nervous, no. Obviously, you know that the, a lot of people know that he's here, so that's why they're here. So whenever I've supported comedians on tour, for example, I've supported Joe Brown, for example, you, you, you suddenly have this realisation that every one of those people in that big theatre is there for Joe. And you know, the backstage suddenly hits you and you think, oh, Christ, does any of my material gel with any of what they like about Joe? You know, am I really 
what they need to get them going to bring Joe on. Do they really even want me here? They don't, is the answer. So the same goes for something like tonight. You think, well, how am I going to work that so that I fit with what they're expecting and waiting for with Bobby? The answer is, no, you know, there's nothing that Bobby does that I do and vice versa. We don't cross over. But we have that same appeal, hopefully, to this demographic. And that's the key to good booking from, um, from the guys tonight. Um, so do you look up to these comedians thinking, oh, I'd like a little bit of that? <laughs> a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it depends. Um, they're usually good looking, but um, no, I, I, I don't. I'm quite. I, I, as long as you're busy as a comedian, you're happy. You know, right. there, there's so many comedians, so many comedians, all trying to earn a crust. So as long as you're paying the bills and you've got a life and you're enjoying yourself, comedians are grateful. You know, everybody in life, I think, generally, whatever industry you're in, wants to strive for more and more and more. You've got to, haven't you, really? Uh, and improve yourself. So I guess, yeah, I want to improve. But I don't look and envy and crave. I think that's it's great. I'd love to be on telly more, you know, but... You done any telly? Yeah, I've done bits and bobs, mostly sort of prank shows and those talking head sort of things, you know. Hundred craziest cat clips or whatever, those sorts of things where you go, look at this stupid cat. Um, and uh, yeah, I've done some uh, adverts and bits and bobs like that, but never anything like Mock the Week or Apollo or anything, which is obviously the big breaks that most comedians want, but fraction, fraction of a percent of comedians actually get. And if you just started, 11 years in the trade, you've only just started. Yeah, that's it, that's right. I'll be famous by the time I'm dead. It'll be all right. <laughs> you watch me on Live at the Apollo age 78. <laughs> so where can people see you and how do people get hold of you on the socials and all that kind of stuff? Well, I'm Comedy James. Comedy James on Twitter, Facebook, Tinder, that sort of stuff. I'm on all Comedy James. is the best way um, to find out all about me. Although, for the demographic that I attract in their 40s and 50s, I have set up a special... Um, uh, information sheet on CFATS page 463 just for people just to be able to track me down better um, Oracle was better <laughs> was it Teletext <laughs> any of those <laughs> I'll give out a fax number later as well yeah fantastic brilliant <laughs> James thanks for bringing us back to the old school no worries mate no alright cheers have a lovely evening yeah I will do thank you hey thanks for listening we very much hope you've been entertained and don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Entertainment UK You'll find all our podcasts at buzzpodcast.co.uk.